Welcome. Glad you're joining us today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. Today, we've got Pastor Matt with us to talk and answer questions about the sermon from Sunday where you talked about temptation. So let's unpack that. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. So um, talking about temptation, it seems kind of innate with us to because you talked about how Jesus laid himself down to the point where even though he was God, um, he wasn't so like concerned with himself. He laid his whole self down before the Father, basically. So it seems kind of like second nature for us sometimes to think we're doing the right things, but we're actually looking out for our own self-interest. How do we even identify um, when we're doing that? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, and I think specifically in reference to that first temptation to change uh, stone into bread, that it really was a temptation towards self-interest, towards self-satisfaction. Uh, it was a, a temptation of, in, of impatience um, to not wait for the Father to provide uh, in the way and at the time He chooses. And I don't know that, that we're able to do that except for the discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us. Mm-hmm. So it requires us to be in the Word, to be in relationship with the people of God, and to yeah. be walking in step with uh, the Holy Spirit. And I think when we're when we're doing those three things, we can confidently trust God uh, as yeah. He guides us through His Spirit to be able to discern uh, when we're walking in ways that honor Him and when we're walking in ways uh, that don't, that yeah. are um, really motivated by self-interest and self-satisfaction. Yeah. I... <laughs> It, it has so many implications to me too. The um, the thought that like if it's an opportunity, and this may be taking it too far, so correct me if you think I'm wrong. But the thought of the opportunity's there, so I just took it. Like opportunists, like I think we tend to assume that if the opportunity's there, it's from God. Yes. And then sometimes we go the opposite way because we don't want to be opportunists, and we're like, well, the opportunity's there, so I got to be careful. It could be Satan dangling the bread in front yeah, of my, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I that's just, a, I think that's a kind of an immobilization. Uh, that Satan loves uh, yeah. because it can keep believers really ineffective and really second-guessing themselves yeah. uh, all the time and for a long time. Um, I think personalities tend to go one way or the other as well. There are some personalities that they have to, to almost hear an audible yes from God to not be nervous about doing anything. And then, Me. yeah, yeah. And then there are others who um, will run through every door that's yeah. open. And I know... I know over the years, Sharon and I tended to to look at something and and say, is this something that's that's good and right and just? Is this something mm-hmm. that is in line with uh, what God has already revealed? This is this is the the path uh, to to give a very practical example that we took when it came to fostering and adopting. Yeah, uh, because we weren't sure. We yeah. weren't sure even what our own motivations and desires were there. Uh, we certainly could not discern the long term ramifications of adopting at the at the stage in life we did with with our yeah. kids being a little bit older but what we said is we know that care for orphans is good right and just that yeah. care for orphans um is laid out in scripture as something that is in line with the father's heart and believers are called to do in his name yeah and by his power and so we knew that so it enabled us to say look we're we're going to begin walking down this path until god closes a door we're For not going to sure. we're not going to beat on any doors mm-hmm. uh so to speak but we're just going to begin pursuing this um acknowledging before god that we're 
we're willing to stop. Right. And I think that's that's not a bad gauge to use in a lot of things. If we say, hey, this is in line with um, God's heart, with the truth of Scripture, yeah. is to say we're going to pursue it um, and and hold hold our pursuit of it loosely, knowing that we will will certainly be obedient if God closes a door, yeah. or we sense in a you know to a degree a divine no, right? Um, because you have to answer not just is this right, but is this right for us, and is this right for us at this time, right? So I think in all of that, it requires a, a good degree of spiritually empowered discernment. Yeah, and just open handedness too. I think that what you're saying is making me think there's so much humility wrapped up, even if we take scripture and use it as a formula it becomes very easily like a self-interest thing. So that's, it's really sinister, I feel like, the sin pattern. It, it can be. And and one of the things we saw is that the devil knows scripture too. Ugh. And so the devil can take, the devil can take the, the story of the rich young ruler whose issue deep in his heart, Jesus knew well mm-hmm. and knew well what he needed to do to demonstrate uh, repentance and uh, conversion and the devil can whisper one of two things: either God requires that of everybody, everyone must give all of their right. um, all of their possessions away, and if that were the case, there would be no there would be no one to be doing the giving that we see throughout the New Testament mm-hmm. that um, funds and furthers the ministry of the gospel. Or the devil can use that kind of story and distort it and make it seem so absurd that we don't find any teaching in it at all. Yeah. So we're like, that's just, that's ridiculous. So you either ignore it or you take it to an extreme. So I think you're right. Uh, the devil can very easily uh, twist scripture. And and to just be quite honest, he doesn't have to do that that much because we're able to do it on our own quite easily. That's true. Uh, with our own sinful natures. Man, please, Holy Spirit, help us out. So yes. this is kind of an interesting question. So when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and this is, this just might be guess. So um, do you think it was like physically Satan was like standing there with him talking to him? Or do you think it was more of like kind of how we feel those like, you know, some voices are the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just our own sinful nature. And sometimes Satan will literally plant lies in our head. Like, how do you feel like that fleshed out in that moment? Or does the original language give us any indicators? No, I, I have no idea, really. Yeah. I don't I don't know that we we know that at all, uh, whether uh, the devil was given some kind of physical manifestation uh, presence at that time um, or not. I, I just yeah, I couldn't even speculate on it. So talking about the voices, they're like, do you how do we I mean, this is a big probably like we need a counselor here. Um, but how do we recognize like the differentiation between like when we're being tempted by the devil or like when we're just kind of I don't know if there's a difference. And this is a big theological like maybe I just am not formed. But like, you know, sometimes we just pursue after sin and then sometimes is it just dangled in front of our face and how do we tell a difference? Yeah, I think that's that's a good question. It's important for us to remember in this this conversation that the devil's not omnipresent like God. Hmm. So the devil is a, an individual being who is only able to be at one place at one time. So I, I don't I don't think most of us are uh, most of us need to be worrying about the devil himself. I don't know that most of us are making a big enough impact uh, mm-hmm. in the kingdom globally. What you have there certainly is a very unique historical setting um, where the devil is allowed to tempt uh, Jesus in a significant way uh, in preparation for his 
his ministry. And when you look at verses like James 1.14, it tells us that we're tempted when each one of us is enticed by our own evil desires. Right. So I think that the, the bulk of what we experience is temptation uh, for us as believers, not that there are not obviously principalities and powers behind that. Right. Um, but I do think that uh, most of us would probably fall into that James one fourteen category that mm-hmm. it's our it's our own evil desires that entice us and right. carry us into into sin. Um, so I, I think you could start with that probably being a default, right? And saying uh, more than likely uh, this is it. But I I would even say then the the desire then is to throw ourselves on uh, on God more than worrying about whether it's me tempting me or the devil tempting me or For one sure. of the devils. Yeah, um, but I, I would tend to lead toward, I lean toward most of us being tempted by our own evil desires yeah. rather than, than the devil himself. And I think it's important to, to differentiate what we talked about because I, I hear a lot of believers talk about um, the devil or Satan and God as if they're almost co-equal mm. um, to, uh, and, and you have to dig around a little bit, but they'll, they'll talk about them as if they are almost um, sort of co-eternal Opposing forces. Um, yes, equal in power, and yes, the 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 light side and the dark side. Right. Um, and that's just not how how Scripture presents it all. Right. So the devil has has no power and no dominion um, other than that which God allows him for a given a given time. Man, I I love how you said yesterday that if we don't believe that Jesus was actually tempted, then we all of a sudden have a savior who we don't relate to. Yes. Um, And Hebrews talks about that, how like he's a high priest who struggled with what we struggle with. And I think this can be hard for some people like you. We just got out of a series about, you know, sexual purity and gender identity. So, I mean, like, was Jesus tempted in that way? Like how, how literal does that go? And how can we know that he, I mean, the Bible says it, so that's how we know. But I, I can you comment on that? Like, that's yeah. a really interesting. Let's and we didn't, we really didn't have this plan. But I did want to read um, those passages from Hebrews yeah, because please. I think they're so good for this particular discussion. So Hebrews twelve, uh, seventeen and eighteen says, "For this reason, he that is Jesus had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest." in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So we see right there, one, that he is able to help us, that there's a degree to which he not only empathizes, but understands at a, at a very deep level mm-hmm. of what we're experiencing in temptation. And then Hebrews four fifteen and 16 says, for we do not have, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. So I think we just have to take God at his word there. Right. That Jesus was tempted across his life in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Now, there is no temptation if there is not the potential to sin. Right. There's no temptation if if Jesus could not have chosen disobedience yeah. and chosen um, to rebel. Let us then approach God's throne, verse 16 says, of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So mm-hmm. I, I do think we, we can take God at his word. We have to take God at his word. 
that Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are, Mm -hmm. just as we are. And his, uh, his divinity doesn't take away from his humanity. Right. Right. Which is often the, the mental scapegoat that our mind goes to. Yeah, well, and that's my question, too. So obviously, as sinful human beings, we are not able to follow the law fully, right. as Jesus did. So, and, and this is a fine line, because I feel like his divinity had to play into it somehow, because he was able to do it. But it doesn't empty the fact that he was tempted, that right. he could. So how how much do you think that divinity, like, where's, where's that line? Because then we, we run the risk of saying... In Christ, we can be fully sinless before heaven, which right. maybe right. you know, I don't know. So, well, and we can't because we have the internal uh, predisposition, the internal inclination to to sin, and we are sinners. Right. That's where that's where Jesus' divinity enters in um, to the equation. There, not in whether or not he was able to be tempted or not, right. or could have given into that or not. Right. Um, his divinity didn't keep him. Um, from giving in to temptation, his his uh, his divinity meant that he was not born a sinner already, born sinful like like we are. But mm. when we go back and look at Adam, right? Mm-hmm. Adam was not born sinful either. Right. He was not born a sinner. He he walked in full fellowship with God. Right. Tempted externally, just as Jesus did. This is where we get the first Adam, second Adam kind of right. language from Romans five. But he chose sin, and Jesus chose faithfulness. Right. And, and this is where I think um, Christology or, or the, the study of the doctrine of Christ is so significant because it, it should result in worship. Right. Uh, this, is, this is why thinking about issues of faith and wrestling with them um, are directly tied to our hearts and our emotion. Mm-hmm. That when we, when we realize the, the powerful um, temptations that Jesus faced and yet he sometimes in grueling temptation we see in Gethsemane. Um, he chooses obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, empowered by the Holy Spirit, I think we often make too little of the Holy Spirit's power and presence that's available oh, to us. I agree. We uh, we believe we're almost um, powerless before temptation, and and that's not the case at all. Yeah, it's not the case at all. Through the Holy Spirit, we're able to overcome temptation. Right. Um, we just often choose not to not to. Yeah. Um, but and I think and I think in some ways Jesus was tempted more than we are uh, to a greater degree, because First Corinthians ten tells us that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to resist. Mm-hmm. And even when we are tempted, He will He provides for us a way out each time. Right. Um, and we don't have any any of that inclination. A given about Jesus' temptation. So there's there's a way in which the battle he was facing mm-hmm. um, in the desert and across the years of his ministry and before going to the cross was far more significant than any temptation that we're going yeah. um, to experience because God God knows our fragility and God knows our um, inclination towards sin. Yeah, and and He tells us, hey, look. Uh, and part of that is to is to make sure that we don't absolve ourselves of our guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, that that whenever we're tempted, we know that it's not God tempting us; it's our own evil uh, desires dragging us away. And also that God is not allowing us to be tempted beyond our ability to stand up under the temptation, and even providing. Yeah, that's what's so amazing. 
we know that he's our ultimate provider, but I don't think we think about it in that way. Right. Uh, he is the ultimate provider of an escape in temptation. Right. Uh, but most of us, uh, you know, we, we don't think about that. And we don't lean into that. You're causing me to think, too. So just because I'm, I'm thinking very, like, personally, practically in the moments when temptation turns to sin, I, I want to say, and please correct me if this sounds wrong, I want to say that, like, I think the lie that we face is that when the temptation is there, the sin is going to happen. Like, the if there is any, you know, principalities playing into my thinking, it's when the temptation is there, I don't believe that there is any way out. I don't right. believe that, like, I believe that once the temptation is there, the sin has me. Yeah. And now I'm just realizing geez, like how sinister that is. Yeah, and I, and I do think that's, one, I agree that that tends to not just be your thinking, but but our thinking in general, and yeah. two, it is not right at all. Yeah. Uh, it's theologically incorrect. There's a, there's a big distinction, a clear distinction drawn between temptation and sin. Yeah. Um, temptation and sin. We, you know, it's our evil desires entice us toward temptation. Yeah. And then, and then when we engage in that, temptation gives birth. It conceives. Right. Um, it produces the fruit, if it's allowed to, that temptation uh, is only able to produce, which is sin. Yeah. Um, James uh, 1.15 says, following 1.14. And so I think, no, I think for us to realize that temptation is part of the human experience. It's part of Jesus' human experience. Yeah. Uh, it's part of Adam. And from the very beginning, temptation has been part of the human experience. Yeah. Somehow in God's uh, sovereign goodness, uh, that's that's how he designed it. But we we aren't tempted beyond our ability to resist. Yeah. And instead, always given, given a way out. So if we could turn our thinking to, oh, my gosh, I'm really struggling with temptation in this area, to immediately say, God, I know, is providing me an out and be looking for that. Yeah, that's and huge. And be thinking about that and, and specifically think about it in terms of patterns of habitual sin. Mm -hmm. All of us struggle with sinning in certain areas, whether yeah. it's thought patterns, um, words, issues, actions we take. Uh, all of us, due to our background, our um, our personality, everything, are inclined towards sin in, in certain specific areas. To really be thoughtful and put ourselves before God and say, "Okay, God, you do tell me in First Corinthians ten that that you're not going to allow me to be tempted beyond my ability to resist that." Mm -hmm. And and through uh, through the victory of Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be an overcomer, to, yeah. to not give in to temptation and sin, and you tell me that you'll provide me an out. Help me think about what that means. What does it look like at a practical level right. in these certain areas? Um, help me help me think about what it would look like uh, to to choose the out and to, to stand through the power of the Holy Spirit and victory of Christ rather than just giving in to temptation yeah. and allowing it to give birth to sin. That's good. Is there So before we stop, is there anything else that you wanted to cover from Sunday that you didn't get to talk about? I ask you that, that's, and you're like, yes, that's all the a, things. Yes, that's a good question. I, I should have been more prepared for it uh, for it today. I don't know. We're more prepared. I'm sure I would say I would say yes. No, I, not specifically. I, I do hope generally, again, that when we when we look at at Luke chapter four one through thirteen, that we receive it again Christologically. We receive mm -hmm. it as a text that's primarily about the identity. Uh, the person and work of Christ, oh, that's good. Yeah. not simply a model given for us to go, okay, 
Jesus was tempted, and then he quoted scripture, and then he had victory. No, that's good. And so it's like a one plus one will equal two for me. Right. Because that, that's, that's not the message there. Right. Certainly, we need to pay attention to Jesus' relationship to scripture. Yeah. Certainly. And that the more immersed we are in scripture, guided by God's spirit, the more able uh, we are to recall the truth of God at times, the more victory we're going to experience over sin. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, and yet... That passage is about Christ's victory, right? And and how in Him and through Him, and only in Him and through Him, does His victory become our victory. That's good. It's not He's not just a model, um, as any sort of uh, moral or ethical teacher w- would be. Yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad you said that. So I think uh, that's going to be all for us today. We love you guys. If you enjoyed today's conversation, share it with a friend so they can join us as we unpack more topics next week. And have a great day.